so damn grateful. I grew up really wanna go fronts, but that's what you get when Wu Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I got an eight away in my heartbeat. And I'm eating at the beat like it gave a little speed to a great white shark on shark. We rock. Time to go off. Gone. Two says goodbye. I got a world to see. And my girl, she wanna see Rome. See, so make you a believer now. Nah, I never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes from giving it back to the people now. Sing this song and it goes like. Raise those hands, this is our party We came here to live life like nobody was watching I got my city right behind me If I fall, they got me Learn from that failure, gain humility And then we keep marching Can we go back? This is the moment Tonight is the night Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is 10 o'clock here in Moscow in the Navarrosia Tower. And I have to say, it is uh, minus five degrees in Moscow. Now, I came back this weekend. Uh, I flew back in today. Still a little bit, well, not jet lag because I did sleep a wee bit on the plane. Um, but, of course, we had the... Gated Games Europe uh, annual convention and um, held in Munich. So it was absolutely brilliant. It was great fun. And the most amazing thing was there were so many people from around Europe um, and some from around the world as well, from Aussies and so on, and they're all playing Gaelic sports. Um, and the most important thing, I have to tell you guys this, because they all want to visit Russia. They all want to visit Moscow. I'm thinking, okay, but wait until the weather's a bit better. And he said, when is the weather better? I said, well, it's about one week in July when there's no snow. You know, of course, everyone laughed about that. Like, So I was very, very careful as well. And then when he said about, um, you know, last year, because I'm working with the media and communications with this uh, association, and I was saying about, like, um, you know, we, we have to, like, stay fit and stay strong and, like, keep, like, working hard. Um, and immediately people started thinking about doping and going, no, please don't do this. I, I had to like steer it all away. Okay, now, 
We have a surprise on the show right now because, uh, and, I, and I promise not to mention one thing, and I will not. I promise I won't because he's he's a great friend of mine. He's almost a brother at this stage. Um, he is a member of the executive committee of the Russian Football Union. He is the CEO of the Russian Football Players Union as well. He's been with us in the studio here before. He's been on the phones many times before, and he's been in. Well, many events was included in Locomotive as well. I am delighted and honoured to be wel- welcoming back on to the show for the first time in quite some time, Mr. Alexander Zotov. How are you doing, Alex? Hi, how are you? I'm great. Good, listen, great, okay. great, great, to, great to hear from you because, um, uh, I, uh, listen, when we go off air, I have some news for you. So uh, I'll keep you on the line for just a minute because I have some news about some things we spoke about in terms of universities as well. Because um, yesterday uh, in Munich, I spoke with one of the representatives for... Well, what we were discussing, okay? So just, just so you know. So I have some very good news. It'll light up your night. Um, <laughs> and of course, the other thing that um, we said that the other promise, promise, I promise I won't speak about that thing that shall not be named because you know yourself, I'm depressed with it. Every single bloody Sunday or whatever, bloody Sunday, that's a, kind of a misphrase, yeah. but every yeah. single time is killing me. So... Um, Starting off straight away, it's coming now into the winter break. So this is always, as we call it, the, the, the hungry time for Russian players and your workload goes up when you're trying to make sure the players are paid up to date and looked after and players are moving and so, so on and so forth. But there is an issue um, that Valery Karpin spoke about down in Rostov. Um, do you have any more information? We spoke about it before, that players hadn't been sp- played for a number of months. Do you have any more uh, information on, on the situation down in the south? Yeah, well, the, the situation uh, is getting better. They they got some portion of the salary, so it's it's. I think everything will be okay. And I think Rostov, uh, if you check uh, the news, like two years ago, five years ago, you always find that around November, December, something is bad is happening in Rostov, and it's almost bankrupt. But but then, as a phoenix, <laughs> it's. It, it, <laughs> It revives and and, and, and plays well, and uh, they're playing really well. And uh, they're not a very uh, rich club, but they, I mean, they manage, and uh, I think everything will be okay for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they they are, as we know. I mean, they've been shocking everybody. Um, of course, a, a few years ago, when Leicester shocked the world and won the English Premier League, Rostov finished second here and ended up playing in Europe. Um, they're, they're still in fifth place. They're only, you know, they're four points off Lokomotiv who are in second place. Um, and, and they still have that eight-point cushion ahead of Spartak. So you would still expect Rostov, if, as you, you're saying, that things have stabilised there a wee bit, that they're still going to get European football next summer, or, or am I very mistaken? Well, we'll see, because they, they, they lost some of the momentum. I think they, they, they haven't performed in the last, four or five games, so they, they lost some points in these last four or five games, so we'll see if they manage to to, to kind of pick up again in the, after the, the winter break in the spring, so we'll see. They have a good team, I mean, and uh, they have... Uh, Karpin seems to be a good motivator, so, so we'll, we'll see if it works out. I, I hope so. I hope they perform well. Yeah, I mean, they're a great club. And they're good, they're, 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 like, I mean, Rostov as a city um, is terrific. And it is a f- oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah I love it. And, uh, anybody who hasn't been there, I recommend to go there. Okay, no, I, I agree. Even, you know, we, we had um, Frankie Boyle who did his tour. He's, of course, with us here in the studio as well. He visited Rostov and just said that he felt it was, uh, 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 he said, it, this is a football city. 
this is a football city and he liked it he actually yeah, enjoyed it, it. Um, now of course next week they are home against Oral on Saturday Kickoff is 4.30 so you know it's a good chance to turn things around even though Oral did get that draw with Spartak today so we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide um, Alexander still staying on Russian footballers um, um, Artem Juba he took an awful lot of abuse last week uh, in San Marino now we were speaking with Andrew Flint earlier he said it was Spartak fans sort of give him a bit of needle. Um, now, Artyom, is, he, wor- he works with the... He's a member of the Footballers' Union. He works at the Footballers' Union. He helps promote it. Um, what, like, what, what was... Was it just it was Spartak fans being silly? And how was Artyom afterwards? How did he feel getting this abuse? Well, it happened also today, uh, the, the, this thing. I cannot explain it. I mean, I think it's, it's the same group of stupid idiots that that can throw a banana or start to to to, to have racist chants and the same things i mean they, i think they're not uncontrollable in their heads <laughs> i think they they have something screwed there and uh, the guy uh is we finally have a have a, you know a leader in the national team who can really Get all the guys to play, you know, for, for the country and to to, to come together uh, as one and 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 from different clubs from the, and from different clubs from different sporting societies they, they they really perform together and he is the I think he is the the cornerstone I mean he's the main item of this team and uh, and the main asset of this team and and uh, he is a self-made football player who really pulled pulled himself up. With, with his own, you know, enthusiasm, and uh, he has been through a lot. Uh, we can remember what happened uh, in Spartak, then in, in Zenit, when he was not uh, wanted there, and he had to go to Arsenal Tula, and 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 then to Rostov, and uh, on loans, and and really, uh, you know, insist on being in in a big club and 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 perform as as a, as a big player, and and some people find it funny or amusing or or bravery or heroism i don't know how to call it but i, I call it stupidity uh, to 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 say anything to this guy you know and i just want to see them go up to him and look him in the eye and eyes and in his face and to tell him this but this is uh, it alexander i mean these 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 are are cowards, these are cowards. i mean yeah, these are cowards stupid cowards you know stupid idiot cowards i don't know which club they support i think they they don't understand anything about football they don't have any place in football they should be kicked out of stadiums they should be kicked out of uh, football as far away as it possible, as it is possible. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm fully in agreement. Of course, Juba he scored that winner against Rubin yesterday, and again, I I you know, as 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 a as a person as a player, he has done so well, and he is a genuine leader and a spokesperson for yeah. players. And you would think, like, fa- yeah, and fans like I mean, for example, when you had an outspoken player like that, like uh, Roy Keane, for example. When he was for his team, even for the national team, okay, he he dropped off or he was thrown out of the, the World Cup team in 2002 and so forth. But even still, people will still look at him going, yeah, they're, they're, he didn't get that kind of abuse. And when I see, when I heard the stuff being chanted at him about like, you know, go away, go away. And well, even worse than that, um, from the, the Russian fans, I'm thinking... Why? Like, why is this? Because this is a guy you should cherish. Because it's not that you're going to miss him when when he's gone. You're going to miss his goals. He's one of the top goal scorers in Europe in the qualifiers. So you have to appreciate him. So 
I don't mean. Do you think maybe it it might be up to um, fans or maybe I don't know what what could make this different, Alexander? What what can change this? Well, as I said, you have to. I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure that pretty much sure that these are the same guys that cause trouble in other in other instances, you know, and not only with Zuba but with. Uh, players from other countries with other skin color I'm, I'm sure these are the same idiots so the, the main I don't understand why up to now it hasn't been done but we have to pinpoint and find who these uh, exactly who these people are I'm sure there are not thousands or hundreds of them there are tens maybe a dozen or two which will really spoil the, the fun for everybody on the state in the stadium so I don't think it's hard to do it. Uh, other countries have done it. They kicked out some idiots from the stadiums. Why don't we? And just find out who this is, who who specifically did that, and and just you know, would a disgrace kick them out of the stadium? Yeah, I mean, just just let's say down the road or over the border, uh, Shakhtar Dines, um captain Tyson. Yeah, that was disgusting. Also. I mean, that he, was disgusting. And the decision of the Ukrainian Federation. To where's the sense in that? Because just explain. Punish the guy. Can you just tell us the story of what? Now we're going to come on to this later on with Andrew Flip. But okay, he was getting racially abused by fans, uh, opposing fans uh, against Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. Um, he wa- he he was in tears. He walked off in tears. And then he gets uh, he he gets a one match ban. One punish, yeah. H- how yeah, that but happen? he showed some signs of the players, I think, and, and that's why the, the the federation decided that it was it's, it wasn't the, the the fault of the fans on the stadiums that they were shouting, but it was the fault of the player for showing them the finger for that, <laughs> which is for me is you know <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where's the sense in that? Okay. Like I mean, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, but both what they did, the fans, but if the federation is supporting them in that, I, I mean, I, I rest my case. I cannot. I, there's no explanation. You, I mean, you cannot find any, any logic in this. I mean, as I said, these guys in Ukraine, in Russia, in Poland, in. UK or being in the States or anywhere that they want to shout and chant racist things, they have to be kicked out and they have to be prosecuted. They have to go to jail for that. I mean, because this is something, I think, uh, (laughs) highly illegal. I, I mean, this is the thing that, like, I mean, when you see the, the Dynamo uh, Kiev players, they're putting their arms around and the guy's in tears from getting sent off for being... Re- and, for example, Sky Sports said alleged racism and they said it wasn't proved that there was racism, but it was clear, you could hear it, you could see what was going on. Um, and he, he, you know, he, because he kicked the ball. Uh, like, I mean... I mean, I, I, I despair, but I saw Fief Pro, um, the, of course, the, the, like your kind of umbrella body who look after all footballers' unions in, in, in the world. Um, they said that this is playing into the hands of racists. And sure, that's correct, isn't it? Alexander? Alexander, can we... We uh, we will get Alexander back on the phone. Alexander, you're back with us. Yeah, you're back me? with us. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. So um, basically, the the uh, FIFA, the uh, the World Union for for Footballers Unions, um, they said that this sanctioning um, of a well, the, the exact words were sanctioning victim of racial abuse is beyond comprehension, and it plays into the hands of those who promote this disguise, this kind of disgraceful behaviour. 
I mean, sure, well, sure, they, yeah, they protect them. And, and uh, if, if they said it was alleged, but already um, the Ukrainian Association of Football have ordered Dino to play one game behind closed doors. They've got a fine of £16,000, well, 18,000 euros, um, and they're on probation for the rest of the season. So basically, they've admitted, yes, there was racist abuse, but on the other hand, they're banning the yeah, player. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean... In, in Russia, we have seen, in fairness, Alexander, we have seen a reduction in racial abuse from the stands. Um, am, am I correct in reading, or, 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 or am I kind of maybe with rose-tinted glasses on? No, no, I think I think you're you're right. And Fared, the the football against racism in Europe, the, the main one of the main organizations fighting uh, racism. Uh, and, and discrimination in, in in European football has admitted that this also, and we we've seen a decline. I don't. I, I mean, we were saying this before the World Cup that we are not a racist country, and that uh, I think a lot of things were exaggerated. But we had some cases, but it wasn't it wasn't that you know all the stadiums are all are all racist and. Uh, and and all uh, aggressive, but now I think it's even it even went down from that level, and 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 there's a lot of work. And Alexey Smertin, our famous uh, footballer who played in Chelsea, he's the head now in the, the Federation for the Anti-Racism, and our union works works tight with him. So uh, we are we 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 see that. And, yeah, people monitoring for uh, racist chants or anything, and that's recorded, and people are being punished for that. So a lot of things are happening, and that's good. Listen, Alexander, that is brilliant. We'll let you go back and relax this evening, and I'll speak with you uh, when we go off air. Thank yeah, you so much. But I, I, yeah. I, I, I won't be watching Redskins tonight. Trust I me. didn't mention that. I don't even know. It. You got I it up. I don't even know if they're playing. <laughs> you don't. Do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you if they're playing? <laughs> I can tell you if they're playing. Actually, I, 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 I'm yeah, not. But that. they're losing. <laughs> they're but probably that's, losing. That's yeah. the whole thing, Alexander. I mean, what the hell is wrong with this team? I mean, they have the money, they have the players, everything is there for them. When you see like Cleveland coming they, back, they changed winning. the coach. They're changing quarterbacks. They changed the coach now, and uh, it's a mess. I mean, I haven't. This is a disaster. That's the worst Redskins team I've seen uh, in my lifetime. Well, look, I'll cheer you up a wee bit, right? I'll cheer you up a wee bit. They're okay. leading. They're okay. playing at home. They're leading Detroit Lions, thirteen-three. Wow. Uh, obviously, in wow. the second period. Uh, fourth and second yeah, for the but Washington. But the third, game. it will change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of there. the fourth, it will be a disaster. <laughs> Wesley, Alexander, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again very, very okay. soon. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Okay, that was Alexander Zotov, the he, of course, from the Russian Football Players Union CEO, and of course, a member of the Russian Executive Committee for Football. Well, the Russian Football Union Executive Committee. Right, we're going straight to the break right now. We're going to paint the town green with the script. So wait for us back after we have Jonathan Higgins coming right up. With Alan Moore. I know you missing home, it's been so long since you've been. And the life you had in Dublin now we nothing but a dream. To be right there in the moment you'd give anything to be. It's alright, it's tonight, we're gonna be the town green. Your friends are on the phone, now it's so close to Patty's Day. And it kills you not to be there, but life got in the way. 
like I was the Lewis line Change the hearts and to the love you wear We kiss for the first time Turn the city into Dublin, yeah Wherever we may be It's alright, cause tonight We're gonna pay the time away Just like Мир снова в опасности, и спасти его смогут только лучшие. Они объединятся ради великой цели и нанесут мощный удар. В главных ролях Бост Мэллоун, Элджей, Дуалипа, Гаязовс Бразерс, Маруф, Билли Айлиш, Кани Вест и другие. Включай ТНТ Мьюзик. Здесь твоя музыка. ООО ТНТ Музыкальный. Свидетельство о регистрации СМИ FS 776-54-56 от 18 апреля 2016 года. Для лиц старше 16 лет. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is part five of Capital Sports here tonight on Moscow's Capital FM. Of course, the number one English language, English language radio station in Europe. And of course, if we are the number one, that's it. We're number one. Um, of course, Capital Sports is the most listened to show on mainland Europe in terms of English language sports. Right. Um, <laughs> even though we promised, I actually had to promise Alexander Zotto I wouldn't bring up his beloved Washington Redskins. He brought them up, folks. You heard that. You heard that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not winding up. Or I'm not making any sort of um, dodgy things about it. He brought it up. Uh, <laughs> Double end there. Just got a bit of a shock as he was going by me. I'm just full of electricity tonight, folks. Um, okay, a quick rundown through the NFL before we go to Johnson Higgins. The Buccaneers from Tampa Bay, they are 3-7 and seven on the season, playing the 3-7 and seven Atlanta Falcons. They are 13-10 up. 
Broncos at half time, 6 0. The Broncos have a terrible season. They are 3 and 7, playing the Buffalo Bills, who are having a good season. Uh, they are 7 and 3. It is 6 0. Two field goals, one in each quarter for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Giants of New York, they are 2 and uh, 8 on the season. They are 7 3 up against the equally awful 4 and 6 Chicago Bears. Pittsburgh Steelers, who are well, pretty obvious, like just, they're just below 500 there, 5 and 6. They are 3 7 down against the 0 and 10 Bears. Bengals. So maybe the Bengals are going to break their uh, duck tonight. Who knows? Uh, the Miami Dolphins, they are just dreadful. They are 28 0 down against a team that's kind of like coming back. Now, they won't make the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns, who we tipped to have a decent season. Uh, but two touchdowns, it's almost the end, of, it's almost halftime, almost the end of the second quarter, and the Browns are 28 up. Two touchdowns in each quarter. The Panthers, who we thought would have a decent season, they are five and six right now. They are nineteen, or <coughs> sorry, they are nine seventeen down away against the uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Half time uh, in New York between the Jets and the Raiders. Jets, who are three and seven this season, they're leading thirteen three against the six and four Raiders. Seattle Seahawks, they are ten three up away from home in Philadelphia against the Eagles. Seahawks, of course, doing great this season. Uh, they had this flea flicker. If you watch it on, on YouTube or online, how they scored the touchdown in this game in the first quarter, uh, very, very interesting. We were admiring it here. They are 9-2 and two against the 5-6 and six Eagles. Um, and, of course, as you said, Redskins, now they're 13-6 up at halftime uh, against the Lions. Lions got a field goal. Uh, the Lions are 3-6-1, and one, so they've got one draw against the 1-9 and nine. Uh, Redskins so the Redskins hoping for their second game today right uh, on Friday night of course it was a game the Texans they beat the Colts 2017 at home uh, that was a real real you know a real showdown of two teams that really needed a win ok we're going to go all the way over to Ireland because he's pulled in on the side of the road to have a chat with us uh, Jonathan Higgins the starlet of Team 33 and off the ball and TV3 or I should say Virgin Media how are you doing this evening I'm very good. I was just waiting to see, would you say anything derogatory about my beloved uh, Jaguars there on your NFL rundown, but we survived no. for another little while yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be gentle with the Jags because, I mean, um, uh, <clears throat> I know people, uh, including yourself, who like them. They're playing the Titans, uh, I think it's tomorrow morning. Well, it's just after midnight Moscow time. Um, they're away in Tennessee. Um, that should be a win for the Jaguars, shouldn't it? Because, I mean, Tennessee are also under 500. They're 5 and 6. Jags are 4 and 6. But you'd, you'd fancy them to get a win in Asheville. You would, you would. Because we saw signs of, uh, you know, Nick Foles was back just last week. It was just a slight change away from the run game. There wasn't as much ball going to Furnet. So let's hope we get, you know, he's still, he's still betting himself in. You know, the big hope was getting finally get a, getting a good quarterback in, in play. He gets injured first game. We have Minshuk, men out of no place, does quite well, but is still a, a rookie in the terms of the game, and it's only one game in. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We, uh, we desperately need to win. Uh, yeah, I mean, that way. exactly. And looking at Chark as well, the uh, the wide receiver, um, he he's done quite well as well. He's he's got he's eight touchdowns on the year. Um, so I mean, there's a decent team there in the Jaguars if they can just get it together. Yeah, no, you're right. The track, track looks look very well. It's actually very, I watched them in Wembley maybe three or four weeks ago at, at this rage now. Um, he looked quite impressive in, in the in the flesh and what was an, an awful performance um, from from the Jags that way. You know, but he looks like he has bit to him. You start to see maybe a little bit of a, a relationship build up there with, with, with Foles as well. So something to work on. It's not all doom and gloom, but there is there is just tweaks to the game. There's uh, there's like there's good and bad 
to the whole setup is just it just feels like it's missing that someone and it's uh, it can be very frustrating at times to, to watch them but let's hope we can go on a bit of run now and uh, the playoffs aren't aren't I haven't given up hope yet on them it's looking <laughs> unlikely but there's still a bit of hope isn't there well we well we did think the Jags would do well this season like we we but then again we also thought the the Browns would do well this season I just look at what's happened with them we've just fallen apart um like battering lads with helmets and a whole lot um if if we're looking uh, at the Jags as well, maybe I don't know, but there is the uh, the owner of the um, the Jags. Of course, he is, I believe, he's Indian or Pakistani, but like obviously like a, a naturalized American citizen. But he also owns Fulham Football Club in London, and there are always rumours that the Jags would would almost love to go be the first NFL franchise to play outside of America and to play over in England. Do you think that may, that 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 well? Two questions. Could that come through? And secondly, is that a distraction for them? It's a, it's a tricky, tricky one, isn't it, really? Those rumours don't go away, and it's not helped really by the fact that Jags openly give up a home game um, to be in Wembley or the Tottenham Stadium, wherever we may be, and are always very open to that. And it, as you said, given the links to uh, to the football club at Fulham as well, like it was, it was quite funny there. When they played in London that couple of weeks ago, um, there was a large um, Jacksonville contingent at the Fulham game, and the the, the shouts of Duval were going around, going around, oh. going around Craven Cottage there as well, which which gave me a chuckle. I I, I think, you know, it go against a lot of family in Jacksonville. Hence my connection with oh, the world <laughs> selection. It's the old Irish American story. My my aunt, the eldest of the family, emigrated, settled in America, ended up there three or four generations of football crazy family later, <laughs> and I didn't have a choice <laughs> in the matter. But the, it's almost like um, the college team, the Gators, has more of an affiliation with the local the local area, the Jags. It's kind of, it, I think through a lot of good work with the club, it's kind of come back a bit the last year or so, but there's a while there where there wasn't really, that, you know, the sense of pride and stuff like that, or that, that, that general affiliation and that, that edge to it as well. Could it happen? Possibly. I wouldn't be yeah, I, uh, we're just trying to get John. John, you're still, you were going to get John back on the line with us now. John, you're still with us on the line. Yeah, if I broke down a bit there. Have yeah, I? no, we got you. We got you. Um, listen, but that that is an issue. I mean, like if you look at the like you know Jackson. I remember when they came into the league because I was I I had. Um, in '96, gone to 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 Canada, but I remember in '95 when they began play. Um, but a lot of people will say that um, no matter what in America. When you put in a new team or even more established teams, college football is always going to come out top. And down in Florida, you, when you've got like the University of Miami, because the Dolphins are nothing compared to the University of Miami, um, you've got the University of Florida, of course, the Gators. You, even, you know, you've got all these huge college teams that will get 60, 70,000 people, like, of course, the alumni going back. Um, do you think maybe in one way it would be as wise for them to, to get the heck out of, uh, well, I would say Dodge, but out of Jacksonville? Perhaps there's definitely an argument to that, um, and as you said, like I, I was lucky enough to be over it. But it, the every Halloween, the, the the Gators Georgia game is just absolutely immense. It's one of the craziest sporting events you'll ever meet, and the whole tailgate and everything comes to it. And that's really where you see the local affiliation. I there's definitely a good argument that way as well. And you know, given given these links in London as well, and the and the NFL are, are really really trying to expand their game to more of a global market. And you, you you see that with the London games, and you see the big audiences, and you even see 
um, flights and flights of people coming in from all around Europe to London for for, the, for those uh, games as well. So there's a huge audience here, and I think they're looking at the, the financial aspect of, of the game as well, and they're probably looking looking over the water at the success of the Premier League and how that's kind of getting such an audience in America as well. And I think they're getting a little bit envious and they're looking at okay, maybe we can do the same. So I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if if they end up parking up and, and coming this side of the pond. It would uh, it would be a strange situation, but. It's uh, it's it's well tangible, I believe. I mean, it is. I mean, well, we want to speak about soccer, but now we're speaking about American football. And I mean, it, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense because, of course, it's interesting. We have a lot of listeners here. We've even got um, uh, Andrew Visa, who who's a, a regular, well, a guest in the show, a regular guest in the show. He's he's a a, a, a bulldog. He's a University of Georgia uh, alumni. Um, and I mean, if you look at like say the way that. Um, it's developing. I mean, college football is everything. It's absolutely everything. I mean, for for me, it's just amazing to see how it's, you know, the the energy of it. Do you think that maybe it just would make sense, maybe? Because if you look at the S- where Jacksonville are playing in the SEC, you've got, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs, um, Florida Gators, of course, they're, 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 okay, Georgia Bulldogs are going for the, um, you know, kind of to win the, the, the uh, U.S. Uh, college football title this year. They're up against, and there's Louisiana State, you've got Alabama there as well, you've got Auburn. You've got these huge machines. And how how is it possible for the likes of Jacksonville to compete there? I mean, it, it's very, very tough, Jonathan. It's definitely a challenge. And I'd probably, if I'm brutally, brutally honest, as I said, of a lot of football crazy family over there, there's probably more of a relationship or more of a bond with the Gators than there would be with the Jacks. And I think they they did. I think I heard my my uncle always describe it. I'll, I'll edit the the phrase ever so slightly, but uh, <laughs> it's the football without the ball and all, all the. Um, it's it's like uh, I, I guess it's the club football in GA. It's it's just the purest forms. It's a sense of identity. It's a sense of location. It's a sense of pride, um, and a sport in its rawest forms. And it, it definitely gives attraction. And I'm you know I'm regularly watching the stay up late on Saturday nights. A bit sad, I, I know. But you look at the, <laughs> the the college games, and you look at the fanfare, and you look at the whole choirs of the the choreographer, for the bands, and everything that goes along with it. Your draws just watching off, and it's it's just it's how it's it's just insane really it's 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 such a great sport and there's definitely a huge argument to be made there and i i don't think deep down it would cause a lot of i think there would be initially there would be a lot of and a lot of bad reaction and everything that goes with that but i think people would settle down and go oh realize okay we still have the gators here that's more important i suppose time will tell what way it develops I mean, like I know in terms of in Europe. I mean, for example, I was just, I'm just back from from uh, Munich, where where I was at the as I mentioned earlier on to our listeners, I was at the Gaelic Games Europe uh, convention, and the strength when you see the strength of um, GAA in Europe is quite something. And then when I, I also looked at, uh, for example, because um, when I was living in in, in Europe and I'd seen um, NFL Europe. You know, I was living in Germany, and the way NFL football or American football is viewed in Germany, and it's like played at a professional level or well semi-pro level um, there is that desire because as you mentioned there's a lot of fans travel from around Europe to London to watch those games and friends of mine used to, to um, uh, support the Frankfurt Galaxy and they, they support Eintracht Frankfurt and Frankfurt Galaxy they're their two teams they also went up to watch not the Jags game but the game before that this year uh, because they, they, they are starved of American football yeah no it's incredible really and um it's the thing to, that I was a little bit taken aback from. It was my actually, believe it or not, the Jags game called Weekly was my first game to watch this side of the pond. I've been to a lot of games, thankfully, 
um, over in Jacksonville in America, but it was my first one this time, and I couldn't get over the whole sense of, uh, I suppose, NFL community, if that makes sense. You see people walking down the street towards the stadium in every every jersey possible, and you you got to see it was a real kind of um, a celebration. It didn't really feel like a Jags game, if that made sense. It felt more yeah. of a, a community comes together for the love, love of the sport. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm a businessman and I'm associated with the NFL, I'm thinking, let's do more of this. This this is insane, and I don't know will we ever get to a situation where we have the, the European competition again, but i probably say it's, it's definitely worth a peek at the moment to see if it's tangible again because it feels to me like there's a big audience there and um, it would be uh, definitely exciting and as I said I think the messages that I can see from the NFL as well they're desperate to expand the band or ex- expand the, the brand and everything else that goes along with it so yeah I wouldn't be surprised at all Okay um, listen very very quick because we're going to go off for just a moment um, Liverpool Flying high, they had a, a, a tough old battle yesterday against a very good Sheffield United team. We're, we're almost lucky to get the win, um, but they're still on track. Are you still hopeful that they're going to um, keep keep going and push on for the title? Yeah, well, they're very good form at the moment, um, and even when Crystal Palace equalised yesterday, I didn't actually feel that distraught. Oh, it kind of had a sense feeling of this is going to happen. Liverpool are going to get another chance. They're going to score. It just feels like that at the moment. They're completely on, on the crest of a wave. It's a long, long way to go, but the lead, the, it's a nice little uh, buffer at the moment. The next month really is crucial for, for Liverpool. They've 12 more games now before, in a, before the 2nd of January and that, that's going to be a test to the bodies. How injuries and suspensions and everything else that goes out of that and how they go through the next month, I feel is going to tell a lot because once that month is out of the way, things calm down a bit as well. Probably looking at even short term, a, a victory over Napoli next week in the Champions League is probably vital just to make the the next round or the last tie of the, of the group a bit of a dub, uh, a dead rubber so that they can be afforded to make a couple more changes and take the stress off. Really don't want to be travelling away to Salzburg needing the result to, to qualify. So small little things about that. It's the other side of Merseyside where the, I think the problems are, are going to are, are, are really, really um, uh, high, high and dry at the moment. It appears that uh, Silva uh, is uh, his days are numbered. It feels like I think Everton have finally from what I'm here now, just on the grapevine, it feels like his position has now come to an end. They're going to be looking for a new manager with David Unsworth taking the short-term role. So that's very, very interesting. Okay. The, the fume and the level of the level of, uh, of of disgust really at the end of the, the game yesterday was uh, was something else. Yeah, I mean, we heard that, and we, that's, we, we, we were discussing with Peter Staunton earlier on that it looks like he, he's gone out the door. And uh, again, well, actually, Andy, Andy Mack tipped uh, Napoli to beat Liverpool this week. So uh, I guess there's no rest Ooh, for the yeah, wicked when it goes to Salzburg. <laughs> Listen, Jonathan, thank you so much. We'll let you get back on the way uh, back home. Great chatting with you. We went away from football. We went into American football and college football. But as always, brilliant. And we're going to speak with you again very, very soon. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jonathan Higgins, the starlet of Team 33 and off the ball. And of course, Virgin Media TV in Ireland and Europe. Right, we're going to go straight to the break with Moby and Body Rock. So he can chill out before the last section. We're going to have Andrew Flint back on the line from Two Men. Back after this.
Начинай свой день с Capital FM и Тиной Майлд. Где бы ты ни был, даже в душе. Каждое утро на 105 и 3 FM. Снова 7 утра. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost time for us to run away into the dark and cold uh, Moscow night. It is minus five. Feels a lot colder out there as well um, today. As I said, th- today when I left, uh, when I left Munich, it was nice. It was mild, it was around six degrees, but it wasn't that cold. And then I got back into Moscow and it was like, oh my goodness, I was bits of me were starting to freeze and fall off. Um, so we are going to go off to to men in a moment where bits of people fall off more regularly because it's quite cold out there. Um, before we do one interesting little piece of <clears throat> of news, um, the Inter Milan, of course, Belgium striker who, of course, was mentioned by Peter Sutton earlier on, Romelu Lukaku. Um, he he said that. Uh, that he knew that he was going to be kicked out of Manchester United when Solchar said that he wanted to put him out on the wing because he's like, no, I'm a central striker, I should be played there. And he was you know, pushed out on the side. So, um, and an interesting one for um, a guy who really has his own... Uh, he marches the beat of his own drum or drums. Uh, Mario Balotelli, he looks, like, he looks like he is going to go to Galatasaray in the winter, out to Turkey, a good place for him. Uh, he's still only 29 years old, um, but he's playing, of course, for the, his, his hometown team, Brescia, in, in Syria. So, but he looks like he's going to go out to Turkey. Right, we are going to go out to Tumen. We have Andrew Flint on the line back with us. Andrew, um, I hope our line is better right now. <laughs> I think it might be. Okay, that is good. That's good to hear. Because of course, when, when we when we had these little like a uh, dead air, we were kind of like, oh, oh, and everything was starting to to kick us around the place in here. But now we're sorted. Right. Listen, Andrew, um, <clears throat> we're going to go straight into the tips because. Uh, Next week, of course, I've already mentioned the games that are coming next week in the uh, Russian Premier League. I'll run through them again. The Moscow ones that are important for us, of course. Uh, on Sunday, that big showdown, Loco against Dinamo. Two teams that, well, they won this week. They won this weekend. Um, that's kicking off at 430 that, there's a lot of tickets there's 20 odd thousand tickets sold for us that's going to be a very very good game between two teams that you know would really benefit from a win uh, Dinamo would, if they win they're going to, they have a chance to get ahead of uh, Spartak which would be great for them not so good for Spartak um, uh, Spartak of course they are way it looks like flogging the dead horse they're up in Zeni that kicks off on Sunday night at 7 o'clock and finally on Monday as we mentioned earlier Siska Moscow they are home against Arsenal Tula that game kicks off at 7.30 now what have you got for us in your magic bag? Well um, I'm looking at the midweek games I've seen some really really interesting value in the Europa League games because what we've now got is some chances for clubs to guarantee progress to the knockouts. I'm looking at Manchester United away in Kazakhstan. They've only scored five goals in four games. They're having problems scoring um, until late in games anyway at the moment. They haven't conceded in Europa League. So I'm tipping United to win in Kazakhstan, but under 2.5 total match goals. You can get 17 to 5 for that. I think that is absolutely cracking value there. Okay, so that is well. That means a one nil win against, or, or a two or two or one nil win to beat Asana. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you also have a, another one for the English Premier League next week. Um, I do, and it comes with 
the the hot topic of the English Premier League at the moment, Mr. Jose Mourinho, um, new manager bounce is, is fairly famous, and he he's put in a pretty decent performance for Spurs, going three 0 or three one up at least um, away to West Ham. So I'm going for them to beat Bournemouth at home um, at the weekend, but for over two point five goals. Um, Spurs. Their defence is not quite settled at the moment, so they may well concede. Um, but Bournemouth are very inefficient. They only score one goal for every 15 shots, which is the fourth worst ratio in the English Premier League. So Spurs to win over 2.5 at 20 to 23. OK. Um, of course, you mentioned about uh, United midweek against Astana in the well, Group L of the Europa League. Uh, they're top of that group, um, just two points ahead of Alkmaar from Holland. Then you've got Parcel Belgrade of Serbia. Of course, they are in third and... Asana stacking up the table, or <laughs> you know, well, they're bottom of the table with no uh, points and minus 13. They scored one goal, they've conceded 14. Um, Solskjaer needs to win that game. He needs to get out of the group. He needs to get a great run in the Europa League. Or do you think that he'll, he'll be gone? Because even though they drew today, I mean, now that Pochettino is free, uh, the rumours are going to intensify. <laughs> unless Pochettino goes to another club, for example, he was rumoured to be going to Dortmund, for example. Um, but do you think that now that the, the, the pressure is really on uh, Oli Gunnar? Well, I, I think Pochettino's availability certainly adds a little extra layer of pressure, but um, I keep defending him on the show um, and people keep, keep trying to split the needle in. But no, to be fair, um, the pressure is on, but I don't think it'll be gone. I really don't, because there are still some signs of positivity the youngsters all scored today Brandon Williams uh, Mason Greenwood and, and Marcus Rashford three youngsters academy products getting on the score sheet that's an important factor and he's it's taking a long time to get there but I, I don't think I don't think he'll be gone I think Pochettino will be in such demand across Europe um, other teams will be looking at him too OK um, Man United of course uh, they, they, they let Chris Smalling go he played for um, Roma against Brescia this weekend scored a goal set up two uh, it's it's quite good for English players or, or British players in Italy right now. You've got Ramsey, of course, Juve and Smalling at Roma. So they're, they're doing mm. quite well. Yeah. OK. Andrew, are you still there? No? OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're still there. No, so, no, I, I'm agreeing. I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good period for the British players. Chris Smalling playing well is, is strange for me to see, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not, you're not a great fan of his. Um just during the midweek as well, um, Siska are they're playing at home uh, on Thursday at eight fifty-five at kickoff at the ahead of Siska, um, playing Ludogorets Razgorad from Bulgaria. Um, this, this is one that, like, I mean, Siska they're bottom of that table. Uh, they have no chance to, to to qualify for spring football, do they? I mean, they're they're four points behind Ferencvaros, uh, five points behind Razgrad. And I mean, Espanol are way out ahead. So basically, it's like Siska are just going to like take their money, maybe get a win, maybe get a draw from this game. Would you reckon? Uh, I think they. I say it's hard to say. Really, they've been so poor in Europe this season, but I do think they they will win this one. And um, they have improved a little bit since then. But again, it is in Europe, and you got like you say with the Espanol away game to come. That's it's very hard to imagine them getting a win out of that one. So. Um, if they could only draw then that's not enough even if they win against Rasgrad at home but still um, maybe the pressure's off perhaps that will unleash the shackles I think well look we're not going to qualify anyway but let's have a go anyway why not uh, Krasnodar of course they're also in Europe they're um, playing at 10 to 7 650 against Basel um, 
on, on Thursday evening. Uh, I mean, you know, Crossland are like they're, they're kind of one of the teams you just don't know what to expect out of them. But would, would you reckon that they, they they might have a chance? Because if they do get a win in that game, okay, Basel they're top of, top of that group on ten points. They're pretty much qualified for for spring football. Um, but if Crossland are you know get a win in that game or even get a point. They could catch Getafe, who are in second place, the Spanish team, because they're they're playing Trabzon Sport from Turkey. So, would you be hopeful that Krasnodar might make uh, spring football? Oh, it's a really tight one. I think they've made life really difficult for themselves for those two to to, to kick off the group. Um, Getafe away is potentially going to be the decider in that. Um, it's too hard to call. I think they've made life too difficult for themselves, and I actually think they probably won't get the results against Basel simply because it's going to take so much out of them and the league has got to start being the priority already. No, that is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, because they, they, they can't keep, you know, you know, falling behind the league because at this stage, I mean, every single point is really, really counting. Uh, you, you look at them now, they're, they're a point behind Loco, but it's always yeah, like early in the, the, the start of the year that like Krasnodar start to go up and down. So it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, very, very quickly, looking ahead, um, Andy Mack has advised us that that local Dynamo game next Sunday, that he reckons there'll be a goal inside the first 30 minutes. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, at the moment, you could hardly argue against it with the, the form that Mr. Kuchoriak is in. Um, it, it's an interesting one because Loco traditionally we've looked at as a solid defensive side under Yuri Semin who take their time to build up for this season. They, they've, they've been, I wouldn't say free scoring, but they certainly are more attacking than we've seen them in previous seasons, certainly in Europe especially. But yeah, that's an interesting one. And I imagine the value is probably pretty good for that too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it will be. Because, I mean, you know, uh, the, the Polish player, he, he, he is second, well, actually, he'd be fourth top scorer because there's three players, of course, on 10 goals. Um, Shomorodov uh, from Rostov, Sobolev from uh, Krylia, and, of course, Artem Dzuba from uh, Zenit. Um, so, Krychowiak, he he's on eight goals. I mean, that's, like, he's really played out of his skin right now. If you look at it, he's got eight goals out of Lokomi's total of 27 um, and Lokomotiv have been without Smolov, without Moranchuk. They, you know, they, they're lacking a lot of players, but they're still playing very, very well. So you'd fancy them to beat Dinamo, wouldn't you, for this for this week's game? Yeah, you would. I mean, you really would. But you've got Anton Miranchuk is back as well, so that's a major, major plus for Loco. Now they actually have options to either rotate or, or use substitutions more. Gemma Letninoff has done very well this season, um, but he's not quite in the class of the Miranchuk twins. Um, and I actually think Ede has done a reasonable job as a, as a target man, but now you've got the Miranchuk twins back. Um, Kachovac's on form, and they have options to rotate in defence midfield. So I think they really, really should be looking to beat um, Dinamo. Dinamo against Rostov um, at the weekend, they were lucky to win, I think. So I don't I wouldn't read up too much into their their latest result. Well, they, they, we were speaking just earlier on with, uh, of course, Alexander Zotov, a friend of ours, and um, he was just saying that, like, uh, you know, Rostov, now they're sorting out their financial issues, the players are starting to get, like, back salaries and so on. It's almost four months that they had been unpaid. Um, so that could see them hit a bit of form. They're playing Oral next week. Um, you, you would reckon that they, they should get a win, despite Oral's heroics today, that you, you would reckon Rostov should be just that little bit too good for the men from the Urals. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I, I, I love Aral. They're, they're a team that I watch regularly, but their defence is, is an absolute mess. I mean, today, to get a clean sheet at home, it was one of, I think it's one of only two or three clean sheets at home in the last two years in the league. It's just utterly ridiculous. Hold on, hold on. Um, what, what, so how many, I, how many, like, I have roughly, zero confidence in them holding out. How many clean sheets have they had the last couple of years at home? It's it's something like two or three clean sheets in the last um, in the last two seasons at home. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's the worst stat I've ever come across, to be honest, defensively. That is terrible. Okay, well, well done to them today, and well, that says a lot about Spartak as well. Um, listen, we, we discussed earlier on um, <laughs> the racism issue with uh, Alexander Zotov, especially with uh, Tyson in uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, mm. You wanted to add to that. Well, yeah, for me, the biggest, well, I say there are so many frustrations about it, but it's the, it's this attitude of footballing authorities to pay lip service to an issue. Um, if you look at what Dynamo Kiev said a few months ago when they started their campaign of having no to racism on the front of their shirts, they were saying, you wait for taking strong action. What strong action? I don't see strong action. We've seen Tyson suspended for a match um, because he reacted to the racism. And yet what, what's happened to Dynamo Kiev's fans who abused it? I just find it so, so disappointing when an opportunity is there to deal with a real social issue. Um, so we'll have to see if they actually, if they change tack, but I don't think so. Well, I mean, it, it was, like we mentioned earlier on, and as Alexander uh, Zotov said, like there's, it's, a, it's a minority of fans. It is definitely a minority of fans. But as FIFPRO, who are the umbrella body for footballers' unions around the world, they said that this is actually playing into the hands of racists by, by not clamping down. I mean, to get a £16,000 fine uh, and one match like played behind closed doors and they're sort of like under probation for the rest of the season. But that's just like basically a free pass, isn't it? Absolutely. What what incentive is there to the to clubs to say right? You've got to play a part in it. As far as I'm concerned, FIFA cannot literally police every single match. They have to delegate some of this to the clubs. It's, there's no other way to do it because there are too many clubs and players to cover for one organisation, and that's how it should be. What do the what do the club care about that? The relationship with these fans is is touchy at best, and this it looks like they can say, look, we we're doing something. We're going along with what UEFA or FIFA's um, recommendations are for dealing with racism when everybody can see they're not dealing with it. I mean, we, we've seen it, of course, Bulgaria. They got fined and their, their, their headman quit over the, the, well, the abuse that English players got. Serbia, of course, they were also, they were, because of racism, uh, or racist behaviour against Portugal, um, they were also hit and punished. Um, and even like, for example, CNN have been have been looking at the racist abuse. For example, uh, Tammy Abraham, the the Chelsea player, the uh, the, the abuse that he has mm. been getting. Um, it just it doesn't seem to be going away. It seems to be getting worse in, in many senses. And and it's not just before, as we were discussing earlier on, that it seemed to be um, a Russian issue. That was one of the big bogey things for the World Cup here. But it seems to have like just it now. It's like being talked about across Europe. But is, is that a good thing that people are now more open and that there are actually fines being levied against clubs? Well, I mean, I guess we have to accept that it's going to take a very, very long time for governing bodies to really stamp down where it hurts. And what I mean by that is simply the only punishment that makes a difference is point deductions and banning clubs or, or even national teams from competitions. That's that's the final step, really. Um, we're not we're a long way off that, but at least some attention is being drawn to it. That is a minor plus, I guess. Um, I just I just think it it should be so much more stringent these punishments because you have to make it actually count not just pay lip service 
Okay, listen, thank you so, Andrew. Andrew, we'll speak with you next week. Hopefully our lines will be working perfectly next week. Thank you so much and have a good night out there in Two Men. Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, it was Andrew Flint, our man out in Two Men. Of course, Heart of Football, of course, he is the editor of that. So very, very quickly before we go away, um, Andrew Flint's uh, tips. United beat Astana under two and a half goals and Spurs to beat Bournemouth over two and a half goals. Uh, Andy Mack said that next weekend's game uh, between Loco and Dinamo, there will be a goal within 30 minutes. And also he said that Liverpool would uh, lose to Napoli midweek, Loco would win and Zagreb would win as well. So... Let's see what happens. Okay, folks, we're going to go out. Thank you very much to Double N for making sure that we got our, our calls in. Thank you to our callers and to our listeners as well, to all of you. Um, it was a good show. It was a very good show. Next week will be an even better show. It'll be a great show. So we are going to go out into this cold night. We're going to shine. And we're going to end off with Take That and Shine. Talk to you guys next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. You're such a big star to me You're everything I want to be 